begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life business and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in both English or in French, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and a website can be found on lifecoach10andlife.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for sixth episode of season 10, a very special guest and ADAG expert, Dr. Roseanne Cabana-Hodge. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Roseanne, the floor is yours. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this conversation as a fellow mental health expert. I am somebody who is a um, children's mental health expert, and I'm on a mission to change the way we view and treat children's mental health, Um, showing parents it's going to be okay, Mm -hmm. using proven science-backed tools to calm the brain and create happy families. Because without a calm brain, we can't think. We can't pay attention and we can't take action. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, actually, my wife and I are going through like a difficult time with our son that he may have ADHD. He has not yet been officially diagnosed, uh, but because we moved from Maryland to Florida. So maybe there's a, a change disorder of some sort because of the environment that may have caused him to be able to behave the way he does. So we're still going through the process, but we shall see. So what brought you into that field, Roseanne? Yeah, well, that's a great question because uh, it certainly was a calling. And when I was five years old, I was asked by my mom's friend, Angela, what I wanted to be. And I said a psychiatrist, which I had no exposure to. Um, It just came into my head. I actually have a very vivid kind of memory about a lot of things, but about this moment. And as I got older, I realized psychiatrists generally push medication and I wanted to teach behavioral change and what we could do with the brain. And as I was in school, even in undergraduate, I quickly realized loved working with kids. Kids don't know that they have limits. They think so big in comparison to adults who let fears kind of get in the way. Um, And I just saw even 30 years ago, there was such a need. So it really was something that was my calling, but truly kids made me want to really dive deeper into kids' mental health. And I love that you shared that your kid is in this place where people think he has ADD, because I want to say that right now, Dan, Everybody thinks they have ADD, adults, (laughs) kids. I literally am getting messaged all the time. Like, is it possible to just all of a sudden have ADD without any history of it Um, and any explanation? No. Okay. And there are, I wrote a great blog about all these things it could be about, um, except for ADHD, besides ADHD. And there's a lot of things. And you brought up a serious life change. Yes. 
we call that a situational stressor. Something is a stressor. So could that be a factor? Yes. Could the educational setting be different in that the, the, maybe the teacher isn't as strong as the teacher. Maybe there's peer issues. There could be like a whole bunch of things to unpack, but ultimately, you know, we can only connect the dots looking back and you're, you're an evaluator. I spent almost, I spent 22 years doing neuropsych testing. Um, and so you would have the luxury of time to look back, administer tests. We don't always have that, but you can't just all of a sudden get ADHD. You have to look at what happened before, you know, did the preschool teacher say, Hey, listen, you know, um, Amy's a really bright kid, but holy cow, she can't sit still. Uh, she can't listen to directions. That's my you know? <laughs> right? There's yeah. got to be something in there that maybe it wasn't enough of a pain point. It wasn't significant enough to affect their daily function. But those little bitty signs were there. Um, and, you know, when it comes to ADD, there has to be some type of um, task that this then highlights it, right? So when it comes to kids, we think of transitional school years. So kindergarten or first grade, it used to be first grade. Now we expect kindergartners like, you know, practically be writing their dissertation and <laughs> doing algebra, <Yes>. you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then third grade, third grade is when we stop teaching reading. Mm -hmm. So we stop learning to read and we have to read to learn. So that becomes a big shift year. And then sixth grade, because we expect them to um, be job managers. And that's when executive functioning comes into play. The same with ninth, the same with 12th. And we start ramping up, you know, those uh, being able to prioritize and plan, mm -hmm. um, which is an executive functioning skill, which everybody with ADHD has executive functioning issues. Not everybody with executive functioning issues has ADD. So you have to kind of look at what is the developmental range, what be a detective, what else is going on? Um, and could this be things like a concussion, you know, anxiety, depression, um, family strife, you know, just so many bullying, mm -hmm. you know? But do you so, think, let's say we catch uh, ADD on time, or like you, you mentioned earlier, that it may be a sit situational stressor that causes that. But then, if so many symptoms are similar to different illnesses, how yeah. do you target specifically the problem that causes ADD? Yeah. Well, you know, in my work, and I, um, I, I have a program called Brain Behavior Reset, and that's where I work with people one on one. But I use QEG brain maps. So it has, according to research, it's going to be at least 89% effective in determining if you have ADD in comparison to behavioral ratings, which are about 54% effective. Wow. So pretty, right? Well, behavioral ratings, I mean, you don't know what's, you're not checking under the hood. You're only collecting data, right? I, I do behavioral ratings too. So, so one can we, can we get quantifiable data? You know, cues are one of the only QEG brain maps is a way to just for everybody who's listening. It's a way that it um, collects the brain wave information. Um, it's then statistically analyzed and then is given a visual representation of the health of the brain and it's functioning in specific regions like the frontal lobes, which control intention, but also brain communication. And the cool thing about that 
is if the brain is underperforming or overworking, we know exactly what the region does. There's no uh, second guessing. Oh, well, look, his frontal lobes are, you know, not communicating. <laughs> They're going to have difficulties with uh, putting the brakes on a lot of other things, depending where exactly it is in the frontal lobe. So getting quantifiable data. Um, then the other part of this is really if you have to go to a trained expert, right? People come to you, Dan, because you're an expert. Right. So, you know, sometimes people come to me and they're like, oh, can you do a court evaluation? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's not my area of expertise. Right. If you wanted me to talk about ADD or OCD or PANS PANDAS, these are my areas of expertise. So we want to go to somebody who really knows what they're doing. It makes all the difference. Um, I recently, my youngest has low muscle tone and it's caused different difficulties throughout his life. He's a rock star. He can be like anything he wants to be. He's unbelievable. It's hard to describe his level of amazingness, my youngest one. And, um, and he's just such a happy darn kid. That's all I want. And uh, he recently, we went to a new physical therapist because this low tone comes up and she looked at his back and right away said, this kid's got scoliosis. And I was like, what, 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 how is this possible? We've been going to this doctor and whatever. And she's like, okay. So she was so gracious. You know, Dan, she said to me, you want to go to an expert? And I was like, yes. And I went to the expert and it's such a difference. What she said to me, we continue to go to PT while we waited for the expert to have an appointment. I mean, in the first session, she was like, okay. She laid out what we were going to do. She laid out his future. She wow. told me uh, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, if he has the growth spurt, like his brother, his brother grew 10 inches in eight months. She's like, we're in trouble. Like you're, he's going to have to have a brace, but don't worry about it. This, 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 this. And it was so awesome. Yeah. Like to know this is what we're doing. I have her expertise. She was like, I'll be with you the whole entire time until he stops growing and we'll have solutions along the way. Great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so when you are have an expert, what are they going to do? They know the exact questions to ask. Right. And I think really the biggest mistake people make with an ADD diagnosis is to not look deeper. So what are those nutrient levels like? You know, what is the family history, not just with ADD, but is this a possible genetic mutation issue where there's MTHFR, there's problems with detoxification, which can show up with anything from cognitive processing and bipolar and miscarriages and stroke. I mean, and you have to have somebody who has that kind of ability to put the pieces together for you and then guide you to solutions. Um, which should be way more than just medication because there are a lot of ways parents mm -hmm. can help their kids. That's so true. And also, would you agree, uh, Dr. Rosanne, that the educational system pushes parents to rush their kids into taking Ritalin to be able to deal with ADD? And they don't really, even if it's not even diagnosed properly, yes. they don't want to have kids with troubles in school because they may cause like havoc in the classroom. So for them, just oh, put him to Ritalin is going to put him like in a zombie state. We don't care as long as they don't right. trouble us. Yeah. So how can we change this mentality. 
I couldn't agree more with you. And every day, you know, I work with people all over the United States and the world, and they're in the same boat. I recently had a mom come to me and um, she is, you know, already in her own holistic journey. And what does holistic means? It means that you're trying to live a lifestyle where you're being more conscientious, more mindful, you're trying to bring better nutrition in, moderate your stress. You're also trying to make sense when you do have a problem, like, you know, oh, like the doctor says, oh yeah, that rash has nothing to do with your symptoms of this, this, and this. It's like, wait a second, it happened in the same week. How are they not connected? (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, you know, like we get, we're so dismissive, but when you go to integrative professionals like myself or physicians, we look at all the pieces and try to understand how they fit together um, so that you're not going to specialist, 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 specialist. You're like, wait, all these symptoms are together. What can we do? How can we find the nexus and then dismantle the pieces so that you can restore physical and mental health? Um, But I recently had a mom and she has twins. So one twin is struggling with attention. She went to the teacher and the same thing, they had moved. And she was like, I wasn't sure if we had moved and that was part of it and this and that. And the teacher, it was a pivotal grade, third grade. So the teacher was like, no, they've been having conversations all year. And so the mom said, you know, like, listen, what would, what can I do? And the teacher's like, well, I really can't tell you because, you know, in certain uh, states, you're not legally allowed as a teacher to recommend medication, but we all know what happens. So the mom pushed a little bit and the teacher said, well, you can medicate her. And the mom said, well, don't you have any other options? And she was like, well, that's all I know. And the mom was like, forget that, you know, call, did a Google search uh, and called her friend. Both of them led to me. And um, and here we are. And I'm like, no, we're not medicating her. We're going to get her brain aligned. And really, honestly, when I did a brain map, she's not ADD. She has a problem in her brain with sequencing information. It's a learning disability. Her focus centers of her brain were working perfectly. Um, And if they had given her ADD medication, she runs a little on the anxious side, we would have triggered a lot of anxiety in her. So her mother was so grateful. She's doing phenomenal. You automatically see some differences in her. Um, And it's just so much easier to work with them because they're, I'm like, Hey, we need more protein. And these are brain hacks. So we need more consistent protein. Um, I need you to reduce sugar, you know, all those things. Let's have a little exercise in the morning, you know, all those ways that increase alertness for anybody of any age, but with kids who are just doing so much learning, we need to optimize their brain for increased alertness. And there are many ways parents are just simply not aware of, because as you said, it's a push for medication. And, you know, it's not just teachers, it's not just physicians, parents are asking for quick fixes and behavior doesn't change overnight. You have to, it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You have to make concerted efforts. Um, I just think our parents don't know what to do. And that's what my mission is to show parents these brain-based ways to shift their efforts from working harder to working smarter. They're already working hard. They're not getting results. You know, the, the school system doesn't have therapists on hand to be able to assist the situation or, no. or parents because 
or else you're going to have a society filled with medication. And then from Ritalin, they're going to go to Adderall. And from yep. Adderall, they're going to go to worse and worse med- or more potent medication. Yeah. It ends and then they're going to become very dependent on it. Well, and you know, it's such a valid point that they go on to different medications because what happens is Ritalin will have, you know, 100%, 99.7% of people on uh, stimulant medications, Ritalin, Concerta, Adderall, these are all the same medications. Mm-hmm. They just have a different delivery system of when we call it the kicker, okay. you know, so one has a morning release, one has a later. Um, what happens is in the 99.7% of side effects, the top side effects are irritability, um, reduced appetite, mm-hmm. right? And sleep problems. Yes. So you're going to have one of these problems very likely. There's a few others, but those are the top three. So then people start adding different medications. Let's address the irritability with another medication. You're, you're not bipolar. You don't have an anxiety disorder um, and nutrient depletion yes. and sleep, lack of sleep. You're not your best self. When you don't have the right nutrients and kids, we all need nutrients, but a brain, a developing brain, boy, it needs fat. It needs protein. It needs a rainbow of vegetables in order for it to um, grow and develop in the right way. And when we're starving it because we're on stimulants, which suppress the appetite, um, then we're not getting enough sleep you know, it's, it's a terrible combination. It's not helping people. Um, and the research says that after three years that, uh, of somebody with ADD unmedicated and medicated behaviorally are indistinguishable. So oh. that then becomes again, these points is that can happen as quick as six months, but at three years, it's the majority. You cannot distinguish a difference. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but you know, the whole point is I never want to shame anybody about medication. I believe so strongly we should never have that as our first line of defense mm-hmm. um, because of a developing brain of for kids. Adults, you want to make that decision for yourself. That's your decision. But a developing brain, we got one shot. That's um, and that's why I love these conversations, because parents are like, what, what do you mean? you know, sunlight for 15 to 20 minutes in the morning can make a huge difference on my entire day of my brain's alertness level. Um, what do you mean? What's a high fat diet? You know what I mean? Like Avocado. not Cheetos. <laughs> it's not serious. You're right. But then, okay, well, let, let me, let me like discuss a little bit further about the implication of the parents dealing with a kid that has ADD. And you mentioned about the diet, but as you know, you and I, Roseanne, um, it's difficult to make kids eat vegetables or to eat protein. They want mac and cheese. They want uh, ice cream. They want, or else they don't eat anything. How can yeah. you force them to be able to eat the specific diet that helps avoid a kid getting ADD yeah. more? So uh, what's the Again, never shaming or blaming, just sharing information. I find that it's easier for to get somebody to change their religious beliefs and their diet. So people have a mindset that it's hard. Okay. Um, and anybody hangs out with me and my friends for that, for that case, my kids, my kids on a field trip right now. And he was like, my kids are like 99 percentile eaters, like calamari, 
you know, wow. steak, um, radishes, watermelon, uh, stir fry, you know, bok choy. I mean, you name it. They, they, you know, so there, he's on this field trip. And I was like, John Carlo, let me tell you, son, this is not five-star darning. And he goes, well, you know, you could bring the food on this field trip. And I was like, you're having hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> like what? You know what I mean? Like, wow. So I already told his teacher, I said, you know, you got John Carlo Hodge. He wants to know where the dipping sauce is for his lamb and his lunchbox and all this other stuff. So, you know, they have a very advanced palette. It's true. I mean, anybody who's around me is like, oh my God, it's kind of crazy how much. And whenever we go out, um, like particularly to all-inclusive resorts, there's always a parent that stops me every day and wants to know how my kids eat it. The answer is this, we eat like this. Yes. So it's a family eating. You can't expect your kids to eat beef, you know, a beautiful steak if you're not eating the same stuff, right? So yeah. my kids have never eaten on a kid's menu. Never, not once. Um, and that is important. So they know what real food tastes like. Um, I have lots of hacks. Um, I have a book called It's Gonna Be Okay, and it's all about proven ways to really change mental health for, for kids, but it's for everybody. And, you know, breaking the picky eater component is possible. <laughs> I also want to respect parents. Sometimes parents come into me and they're like, that's the first thing they want to do. And I'm like, wait a second, you're in crisis. I don't want that to be the point where you're already in friction with your kid. Yes. Let's calm their brain first so they can be better decision makers, then let's bring in, you know, like, so, you know, where, where do you start when your kid is resistant? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to assess how resistant is your kid, right? So you start with cleaning up the whole family's foods. Mm -hmm. um, you can start with swap outs. So, you know, if you're eating, um, I'm not saying everybody should be gluten-free. I'm not saying everybody should be dairy-free. But I know that so many kids are in a mental health crisis and have neurodevelopmental disorders that we know through research that reducing inflammation starts changing the brain and reducing symptoms almost immediately. Hmm. So, so if we can do swap out, you're eating a junky white bread or even a whole wheat bread and swapping it to a good quality um, gluten-free bread, these things have tastes you know, I've been eating this way for like 25 years. Let me tell you, the quality has improved. So what can you do to swap out? And some of my families are like, oh my gosh, if I get anything other than Purdue chicken nuggets, it's, it's a fight. Okay. So then I'm like, could we add a non-dairy vegan protein shake? Okay. Yes. Could I possibly put some fruit in there? Yes. Okay. So we start small and build. Um, and then my other huge hack, cause this is the truth about the Hodge household. My kids cook and my kids cooked before they could walk. So I had them spicing food and preparing food. And then, you know, even when they were super little, I would take them to the vegetable section and say, pick something out. And we'll figure out a recipe. And they loved that. Wow. Um, and I gave them a dull knife and we did that. My teenager is responsible for making food. Um, my girlfriend, um, she has each kid in her house be responsible for one meal a week. 
So, mm-hmm. so, you know, and we don't have junk in our house. We only have food. We have great food. In my house. It's like a gourmet mo- meal every night. You know what I mean? They get really excited. Like I made scallops with brown rice and, um, um, broccoli and cauliflower last night my kids were like this is so good you got any more you know and they they ate it all you know so um and what a super brain food you know but i mean i would say that you have you already have the qualification and the training to know how to give it to the kid unfortunately for the the 7.2 billion people out there yeah have that knowledge so is it really available where a specific diet can help with ADD uh, issues? Yeah, sure. So everything I do is research-based. So we know that an anti-inflammatory diet has been clinically proven to improve attention, um, mood, and and anxiety. So what's a really common uh, anti-inflammatory diet? A Mediterranean diet. Yes. So, um, and, you know, Americans are different, you know, so like you go to Europe, these kids are eating what their parents are eating. I mean, I know things are changing in, in, uh, across the globe, but, you know, kids from India, you know, my experience, uh, you know, Asian countries, they're, they're eating what their parents are eating and they have way more of um, variety in their diet and they're not as restrictive as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and please, I respect when somebody has sensory issues or other kinds of issues getting in the way, that's a whole other plan. I still like to try to get in there and build up. Yes. Um, but also just to know from a behavioral point, when you say like, will kids starve? Well, the research says that any new behavior can really mostly be broken down after 10 days. And so, um, some of my families jump into the deep end and they clean everything up and they do 10 days of switching over. Um, and it's hard. And there are days when their kids like, I'm not going to eat, but essentially they break them of their resistance to the food. So I'm not recommending that for everybody, but (laughs) some of my parents, like I had a mom with three kids on the autism spectrum. She was like, I'm not doing this for a year. I don't care. 10 days. They're not going to die. We're doing it. And she went from the kids that would only eat like French fries and nuggets and whatever. And these kids were, became like my kids. So I use her as my benchmark. And I think if I can get a mom with three kids on the autism spectrum who were picky, resistant eaters, sensory processing issues to then change and become great eaters, I feel like just about anybody can do it. That's so true. But of course, if we talk about the, um, the autism spectrum, well, we have Asperger, but then we have really severe autism. And I'm not sure that nutrition can actually fix that. Then you really, then it well, we, so here, here's what happened. So first of all, I've worked with, you name a condition, I've worked with it. So we have to look at what can optimize the brain. Um, and I, and there isn't a brain that can't be improved. Um, and that's of any age, whether you have a neurodevelopmental disorder or not, you, we all know if you're eating junk, right, heavy sugar, lots of flour, you're not going to feel the same versus when you're eating better foods. I mean, it's about powering up the the nervous system. So I like to look at it as an, as an optimization or some clinical issues can be completely resolved. Of 
course. You know, I have people with OCD, um, depression, anxiety, and they, that stops. You know, we have a belief that everything is genetic and that everything is going to stick with you for the rest of your life. And some of that is from really awesome marketing from pharma. Um, and it, I just feel like it's so such reduces such the power that a parent and a person can have with their own mental health. And, that, and that's a frustrating part because so much of my work is like everything I do is science-based. My book, it's going to be okay, 40 pages of research citations. And there is a lot of research to show the efficacy of ways that are non-pharmacological that are effective, yet we're not getting that message out to people. So I have to do a lot of essentially education and really almost convincing that there is, you know, and which is always shocking to me. It's like, well, you could take this B12 and which is on my desk and you're going to have more alertness. It washes, it's not fat soluble. You're not going to get hurt and you're resistant to it, but boy, you'll pop some Ritalin. <laughs> yes, that's so, so is there like any uh, natural supplements, uh, Dr. Roseanne, that uh, parents can actually uh, take or give to their kids that will have not the same exact effect as Ritalin or Adderall, but at least help them better focus, help them put it. Yeah, in- yeah. So um, actually my most popular YouTube videos and blogs are all about supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of supplements, but we have to be analytical, right? So there are things we can take without going to a functional person to assess what we need. Um, but a lot of times we have, if you have ADD or anxiety or depression, you might have a genetic mutation which impacts your body's ability to utilize certain nutrients. MTHFR being the most common. Um, And it has a lot to do with um, how your body processes the B vitamins, you lack an enzyme, and then you have all these detoxification issues. And this is just commonly known. This is a very much a connected issue with different medical and mental health issues. Um, So looking at and assessing if that's what you have can be really helpful because then you know, oh, I've got to take a different form. So methylated, these kind of things. So, but what are things that are incredibly helpful that everybody should be taking? Um, Vitamin D, zinc, magnesium. These are all things that we know through research people are lower with in who have ADD um, as well as omegas, essential fatty acids. Um, About one third of people who take high dose omegas show a dramatic um, improvement in their focus um, and then the uh, another third show some improvement and one third show very little, but omegas are really, really helpful. So there are some foundational ones, as I noted, and they are helpful for the immune system. They're helpful for your hormones. There's cardiovascular impacts, but those are the essential ones. And, and uh, I always caution people with zinc. You never, ever take zinc on an empty stomach. Um, and ideally you're taking D, um, with, um, your essential fatty acids in the morning, cause it increases alertness and you don't want to have anything to do with, with sleep. Um, and magnesium can really help to improve 
so many functions in the body, but it definitely calms it and helps with sleep. And so how can our listeners find you, Dr. Roseanne? Yeah, so you can find me anywhere. So as Dr. Roseanne, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N, that's .com. That's where all these blogs are. Um, you can find me on Instagram there, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge. Okay, so as long as people don't know that it's not Roseanne Barr, the actress, <laughs> we'll, <get> to go. <laughs> well, Roseanne, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible knowledge. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. I'm also excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 10 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that you listened to today. Now, here's some concluding word of wisdom. Dr. Edward Hollowell, an author of Delivered from Distraction, once stated, no matter how much you want to force yourself to pay attention, boredom always allows curiosity to find the key and open the dungeon doors, allowing attention to escape and find interesting place to visit. Back in the days, they called ADD a form of daydreaming. Especially for those living with ADD, they all wish it was that easy. It is a frustrating, disappointing journey to always having to focus a lot more than other people to just keep attention to a simple task. People with ADD often have a special feel for life, a way of seeing right into the heart of matters, while others have to reason their way methodically. From this point forward, all they can do is give themselves credit for what they do right. Built more on strength, you can easily identify, and for every weakness you patch up, Go out there and find more strength of possession from within. This is a good way to start to thrive and prosper. My name is Dr. Dan Emzelag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.